I invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel. From Matthew chapter 21. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again he sent other slaves, more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? The chief priests and the Pharisees said to Jesus, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures, The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, this was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in their eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they realized that he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, O Christ. You may be seated. He expected justice, but saw bloodshed. Righteousness, but heard a cry. Monday morning, most of America woke up to the news of the shooting in Las Vegas. I woke up to the headline being read to me by my alarm clock, and then a text message from my sister saying, you didn't know any of the victims, right? Most of you know Greg and I lived in Las Vegas for a year while I was on internship. We just moved from Vegas to Longview into Vancouver area a little over a year ago. We created so many relationships there and a piece of our hearts are still in that place. And that fall, the woman who would become one of my closest friends and the godmother to my daughter invited me to a country festival on the Vegas Strip. And for us, our experience at Route 91 together was one of the foundations of our growing friendship. She had tickets again this year. And praise God for the busy schedules of our youth directors, because she wasn't able to make that Sunday night. And although I breathed sighs of relief as I got returned text messages from people that I knew there, when I started seeing my friends checking in on Facebook, knowing that the people close to me were safe didn't seem to help my aching heart. It feels like to be compassionate or empathetic in our world today over these last few weeks, months, years is increasingly more difficult. The loss of life and stability in Houston, Florida, Mexico, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, and elsewhere in our world have worn on my heart. Photos of the devastation, listening to the cries of the people of Puerto Rico calling out for help. Honestly, I don't know how many more thoughts and prayers I can send. 
and to wake up that Monday morning to a whole new bloodshed, to a heartbreak in a place that is not far to me. I spent this week reading through the stories of each victim who lost their lives in the shooting. I looked at their photos. I grieved for each person taken too soon by an evil I don't fully understand. Isaiah says the people of God are God's pleasant planting, and that God expected justice but saw bloodshed, God expected righteousness but heard a cry. And these words from Isaiah are thousands of years old, but they ring true today. We are crying out to God in the midst of tragedies, and God isn't the only one who expects justice or righteousness in our world. We hope for it too. And like God, we are often disappointed. This isn't just in response to actual terrible bloodshed or the cry that God hears after a tragedy. Much of this world is not exactly what God had hoped. God tended to the vineyard that was planted, and speaking through Isaiah, God says, What more was there to do for my vineyard that I had not done in it? What more could I have done? What more could I have given you? You're still wild. When God relates the people to wild grapes, I don't think it's the kind of wildness that we might immediately think of. The relation to plants and vineyards paints a different picture. God isn't saying that humanity as wild grapes are like animals living in space or instincts. The big thing about wild grapes is that they don't produce fruit. They are like wild rose bushes, thorns, and briar patches, a chaos in a vineyard beautifully tended. It's like coming home to your garden and finding that after an evening, the wilderness of blackberry bushes has taken over your entire yard, and there's not even any blackberries to make it kind of okay. <laughs> Humanity as wild grapes is more like this chaotic, unexpected, overgrown lostness we might find in wilderness. The wildness of this wilderness in the hearts of people. And there is the extreme of this wilderness in humanity. The evil that occurred in Las Vegas is an example of that most extreme. And it's not all extremes. This is the wilderness that we find ourselves in when we fail at participating in God's justice in our world. This is the wilderness that hides God from us when we struggle to find righteousness in our lives and our choices. Because in the midst of tragedies, in the midst of wildness and wilderness in our lives, we look for justice. We look for God to make a waste of the evildoers. We wait for God to clear the wilderness from around us. We think of justice like the chief priests and the Pharisees. When Jesus tells them this parable of the vineyard owner, the elders in the temple who are listening think of justice as vengeance, as God's wrath or punishment. They think of violence. When Jesus asks them what the owner should do to the murderous tenants, they tell him, he will put those wretches to a miserable death. And that's the expected answer, right? That's what anyone at that time would have done long before sending multiple servants, long before sending, sending the son of the landowner, a clear, concise justice of humankind. Until the chief priests and the Pharisees realize that in this story, they are the tenants. Until they realize that they may be facing that judgment and justice that they so rightly believe in. God expected justice, but found bloodshed. 
This implies from Isaiah that justice is not equal to bloodshed. It is, in fact, its opposite. Violence doesn't bring justice for violence. God's justice, God's response to violence, to failure, to the wildness and wilderness around us is that God keeps reaching out. God doesn't give up. The vineyard owner in Jesus' parable, if you hadn't picked up on it, is God. And God keeps reaching out to these wild, fruitless people in his vineyard. The landowner sends servants to try and speak wisdom to the people. God sends prophets like Isaiah to go and speak truth, a truth that is both judgment and hope. And when the people reject that truth, when they still reject the authority of the landowner over them, God keeps reaching. God doesn't give up. God's justice is this reaching, this reconciling, this hope that God gives us when God sends God's Son. A Son that is rejected, who faced the justice and judgment of the very people he came to save. For God, this justice of love comes with the gift of something called righteousness. A right way of living, a right way of life. And this is not a righteousness that we can earn on our own. It's not a self-righteousness that we can take pride in. And as Paul says in his letter to the Philippians, if it was up to human judgment, if it was according to our wild great law, if it was up to Paul himself, Paul would be considered completely blameless, totally righteous. He gives his long list of his resume of what makes him so great. But Paul knows his heart. And he knows that all of these gains he felt like he has gotten in this world, all the right way of living, all the righteousness he sought, was nothing compared to what he had been given in knowing Jesus Christ. Because even in our most righteous, the wilderness around us still brings with it a brokenness. It still brings with it a cry to God for help. Because the truth is, it's not our righteousness that saves us or changes us. It's not our righteousness that God is expecting. It's the change in us given to us by God's justice, by Jesus. That moment when Jesus goes to the cross, when Jesus faces the justice of this world, when Jesus faces the results of people who consider themselves to be righteous, when on the cross Jesus experiences the violence and bloodshed of our world, and Jesus cries out to God. On the cross, Jesus hears the cry of those who are suffering, of those who are hurting, of those who are experiencing wildness and wilderness in their lives and in their hearts. And on the cross, Jesus makes all of us his own. Jesus on the cross makes us his. He takes all of our wild, great selves, our wildness, our wilderness, our brokenness, our fruitlessness, and our grief. And Jesus finds justice and righteousness there on the cross. Jesus becomes the cornerstone, the foundation, the beginning of our hope for God's justice of love in our world. Jesus rises from the dead because of God's love for us, even in our wildness and wilderness. And in Jesus' resurrection, he shares with us this love, this promise of justice of righteousness, of hope, and of new life, and in the face of the heartbreak we see in this world, in the places where we expect God's justice to act and instead see bloodshed, 
in our experiences where we expect Christ's righteousness and instead hear the cry of those who are suffering or maybe are crying ourselves. We can take comfort in the knowledge that God hears that cry because God is always hearing the cry of the people and God is always reaching out, always trying to bring this love and hope into the world. And this might be God working through those who sacrifice their own safety for the safety of others. This might be God working through those who are giving their time, energy, and very selves to relief efforts. And this can be for all of us who witness the wildness and wilderness from the very extreme to the very small ways our own lives and hearts are impacted by the fruitlessness of wild grapes. That in hearing our cry and reaching out, God is bringing a kingdom unlike anything we know. A kingdom built on the cornerstone of justice and love that is Jesus Christ. And we, as Paul says, can press on toward this heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. The call to work for God's justice. The call to live in Christ's righteousness. The call to share love and mercy and hope in the midst of bloodshed and tears. The call to our faith to bear fruit. That call that Jesus makes to us when Jesus sees us, sees you, and calls you his very, very own. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.